What is up, everybody? How's everyone doing tonight? And uh, wow, we are a packed house tonight. Excited to get into part two of 10 things I wish I would have known before I started dating. Um, can we open in prayer? Let's open in prayer real quick. Okay. Holy Spirit, we just ask for you to come right now. And uh, God, we ask for you to speak um, with distractions and um, maybe disappointment um, and maybe some awesome things that have happened and taken place as well. God, I pray, Lord, that right now we could settle ourselves into this moment and not allow anything to hijack our time with you. Speak, Lord. We expect to receive something from you tonight. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we're going we're gonna to waste no time. I feel like I have so much to give in this moment that I, like I was telling Brooke earlier today, I was like, I feel like I'm like walking into a service like this. Because I, I, I have so much on this information that it was actually really difficult for me to like, like narrow it down. Um, and so we're just going to jump straight in. I'm going to give you everything I have, um, hopefully, and uh, we'll keep, we'll start with it. So um, without further ado, we're going to open up to the Word of God, if that's cool with everybody here. Of course it is. Um, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 7 through 12 says this. Um, so now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray away from what I'm about to say. This is Solomon. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will come and consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. Here's what I want you to catch. You will say how I hated discipline if only I had not ex ignored all the warnings. Um, and, I, and I bring up this verse because I have to jump straight into point number six tonight um, without further ado. And so my sixth point is this, is if you're continuing along, uh, watch for flags. Watch for flags. And um, I, can I do an illustration? Do you guys like, is any visual learners in here? Uh, any, oh, wow. Okay. I have failed as your youth pastor. I should give you visual warnings every service. Um, and so I'm actually going to invite somebody up on the platform. Um, and so um, let's see here. I'm actually, okay. Clarity, I'm going to invite you up here. Come up here. Can everybody get up for Clarity as she comes on up here? And uh, this is going to be fun. So I'm going to give you both one of these. I just want you to hold them in your hands. And what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Um, I'm going to say something, and then if you think it is a red flag for a relationship, I want you to put your hand up. And if you think it is a yellow flag for a relationship, I want you to put your other hand up. Yeah, so basically, she's smart. This is why I picked her to be my volunteer tonight. It's like... It's like if you, when I first got my driver's license, right, like you start learning uh, about yellow lights and red lights, you know, and yellow lights is proceed with caution. Red lights is what? Stop or skirt, you know. So in relationships, though, um, it's so important that we watch for flags, watch for the signs, watch for the warnings, um, and that we either proceed with caution or we know that it's time for us to stop don't invest in the relationship and just move on, okay? Do you think you got your eye? So let's, let's, here we go. Okay, letter A. If this person doesn't respect their parents, this is a? Okay, because if a person can't respect their parents, what makes you think they can respect yours? Good job. A person that gives you special attention while they are in a different relationship 
That is a? Listen, because how they are with you as friends, oh, I guess it is a red flag. You know, well, let me, let me go more into it, okay? I put this. Because how they are with you as a friend is just how they may be with others. Then you will be hearing the, we're just friends. Anybody ever heard that line before where you're like, why are you talking to that person so much? You know, and, and I actually thought about this. I thought this would be funny. I was going to, but Isaiah has a cane. I literally thought of bringing Isaiah on the platform for this to say to you, bro, um, like, if some, he's got a full beard. He's muscles McTuff. You know, like, don't be trying to tell me that we're just friends. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm not going to make you come up here. Okay. Let's do some more. Is this fun? Can we do a couple more? And this is good. This is a good sign for you guys. See, here we go. They push your physical boundaries in an innocent way. Things like tickling, back rubs, invading a personal space. Okay, so your sign is the relationship forward too quickly. That's what I put too. Yellow it is. Okay, let's do some more. They're only hanging out with you in the late night hours. Okay, that's what I put too. This is great. Here's some more. Extreme jealousy from the start. See. You guys are crushing it. Okay, last one. They lack self-awareness. self-awareness maybe you could help them so I'd say yellow. come on okay can we give it up for clarity yes job well done job well done so um recently um I would say in the last year Brooke and I uh we we brought in a second dog into our house um and his name is Boomba uh her name is Boomba everybody say Boomba Boomba you know <laughs> it's kind of a fun name it's like a mixture between Timon and Pumbaa and also like Boba, if anybody, okay. Um, anyway, so we brought her into the house, but we didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to raise a second dog. So we actually got a dog trainer. And when the dog trainer came to our house, her name's Wendy, um, I was expecting to just be chilling, like on the couch, on my phone, while this like... Um, shalom. Um, I was expecting... I'm sorry, Brittany, um, to just be on my phone chilling. But what ended up happening was when the dog sitter actually came in, they actually spent more time training us as parents than they did the dog. Um, and I think that this is why it's so important that we, we use that story, but as a, as a metaphor to say relationships is a lot more about you training yourself than training the other person. Seventh point is this, um, start soul searching. Now, let me help you with this. If you're wondering, that doesn't sound like something that I should be doing. Um, the point is, is that we wouldn't do soul searching out here. Instead, we would do soul searching in here. And that means being able to ask yourselves the difficult questions. Um, and so I did some studying, um, and there's a girl that um, her name um, is Amanda Zintz. She's an intern with Moral Revolution. Is anybody familiar with Moral Revolution? For you. Um, they got three people with this, this intern to get together, and they spent a few hours discussing what are the top 11 questions that you should ask before you jump into a relationship. 
And these are all self-reflection questions. Now, I'm not going to spend the rest of my message talking about the 11 questions because I have so much more to say. So I'm just going to give you five real quick. And if you want, you can research the link yourself and find them, find them out. Cool? So the first one is this. Um, do I know who I am? Um, do I know who I am? You better date yourself before you date somebody else. Meaning you better know uh, the things that frustrate you your triggers, um, your patterns, your cycles. You should know your moods. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Um, you should know the things about yourself so that when you jump into a relationship, you're better prepared for protection and for boundaries and for the health of your relationship, okay? The second one is this. Do I know how to communicate? Communication is so much more than just words. I'm talking about body language, facial expressions, uh, innuendos that we might give off to somebody else. If you don't know how to communicate, what happens when you're in conflict and, and you don't know how to say what's frustrating you? You don't know how to express why you're ticked off or why this triggered jealousy, right? Or, or why you're annoyed with this person or, or why you're in a mood. And you should know those things going into the relationship, not for the other person to figure out. One is, is do I know what my boundaries are and how to keep them? Right? This means, do you have emotional boundaries? Do you have physical boundaries? Do you have a plan to keep those boundaries in place? Hello, somebody. Are you willing to respect the boundaries of others? Knowing your limitations and those that you're dating is an avenue to protect and preserve yourself. Figure out what your boundaries are now and own them. Don't wait to hear what your girlfriend or boyfriend's boundaries are and then decide if you're okay with those. Figure them out for yourselves. Okay? The fourth point is this: of this is, what does my relationship with Jesus look like? You should have intimacy with him before you have intimacy with anybody else. You should know your identity in him. You should know, and here's my, my question to you is, is, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Are you ready to have a relationship with him? I would say that that is going to determine the health and the trajectory of your relationship, your future relationship. Because if you don't know what sacrificial love looks like, how can you give it to somebody else? And so because relationships is not about what can I get from you, but what can I do to serve you? Yeah? Okay. And, and so the fifth point is this. Do I know how to serve? Do I practice putting others' needs above my own? When I do premarital counseling with couples, um, with Brooke and I, and it's so much fun. It's one of our favorite things to do. We sit down with couples for six weeks, um, and we just start digging into the relationship. I don't even, what's that movie with, like, Will Smith and uh, Hitch, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm the expert, and sometimes I feel like I have no clue how to help. Um, but one thing that is beneficial is this is why um, the two become one, right? And her strengths are my weaknesses. My weaknesses are her strengths. And the thing about this is that you need to know how to serve somebody else. Um, when the Bible talks about that, um, that wives, you should submit to your husbands, you submit as to, meaning that you're not less than. It just means that you are also participating in the mission of what God is calling them to do. Does that make sense? Okay. So number eight, I got to keep going, is this. Invest into your friendships. This is so important when it comes to dating. I wish I would have known the importance of friendships before I jumped into a relationship. Can I be honest with you? Some of the reasons that frustrate me with, with young adults and teenagers to be with somebody else. 
And the problem with this is that, that this doesn't solve anything. In fact, I know more single people that are satisfied than people that are in relationships or are struggling with loneliness. Because you don't need to be with somebody, okay, in order for you to not be lonely, okay? You just need to find people that believe in you, find a community. And so I want to talk about friendships, about how to invest into them. And I'm going to use a word that you may not like, okay? In our culture, the word accountability sometimes has a negative connotation to it, a little bit. Like if I told you, you need to be held accountable, that might come off a little bit more negative than it would positive. But I want to like, I want to break the myth of accountability for just a moment, okay? Here's the truth about accountability. Accountability is less about sin hunting and more about true friendship. Accountability is it shouldn't even need to be called account because, yeah, wow, my tech people in the back love it. Come on. So I want to give you three things for helping you pick your accountability partner. I told you we're going to get really practical tonight. First is this, same sex. I cannot tell you how many people say, oh, I got my accountability partner. It's my girlfriend. That is not going to solve it when you guys are burning in your flesh and you want to just get at it. And you're like, are you cool with this? I'm cool with this. You cool with this? Let's do this, you know. And that is not accountability. You need to have somebody that like what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says that, that one can stand alone and be defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And this is why you need people that have your back. So the first point is of this, of the three is same sex. The second is this, same standards. I was very careful with my language to not say same beliefs because you can both believe in Jesus but have different standards. You can both believe in God, but one of you is okay with sex before marriage. And this is why it's so important that you have the same standards. I would almost, like, question or your person that you're going to be doing life with and say, like, are we on the same page about these things? Call me crazy, but, like, the way that you were treating that person when we were alone and I was third wheeling it, it made me uncomfortable. Does this mean that you're okay with this? And if they say, yeah, you need to get a different accountability partner. Okay, so you need to have the same standards. And the third part of this is this. Are they trustworthy being about somebody else? Because if they're talking about somebody else, chances are they're going to talk about your garbage too. And they're going to talk about your personal life. And so can they be trusted with your personal life secrets? Can they be trusted with your struggles? Can they be trusted with the desires of your heart? Um, and so I want to give you, can I give you my top 10 questions real quick? for questions that you should ask your friend on a regular basis. Now, here's the deal about this, guys. These are not, like, really bad or they could be really good, okay? But I do ask these questions on a regular basis, and some of my staff and, and friends, they, they know that I ask these questions, okay? So here we go. Ten questions I would ask. You should write these down. Number one, um, oh, they're all on the screen. Dang, you guys are good. Okay, here we go. How has your relationship with God been this week? What has been occupying your mind lately? Have you told any half-truths or outright lies, putting yourself in a better light to those around you? Have you exposed yourself to any sexually explicit material? Is there anyone that you need to apologize to and make right with? Have you been honoring, understanding, and generous in your important relationships this past week? Have you shared the gospel with an unbeliever this week? 
Have you given in to an addictive behavior this week? Explain. Have you continued to remain angry towards another? Am I? Gotcha. So this is so important. Now, here's, here's the truth about this. If you turn your friendship into a sin hunt, you are not going to last very long in this relationship. You need to do things that are fun. You need to do things that, that are not always about this. You need to talk about, so what, like, what have you been working on lately? Or what are your hobbies? Or what can we go do together? But f- these questions are important questions that you should be talking about. Okay, like this is not like an afterthought. Like these are things that are going to keep you in line. And here's the important thing. You don't bring these questions up after you fail and mess up. You bring these questions up to prevent something from happening. Does that make sense? We, oftentimes, though, we find accountability, though, after we've messed up. It's sin management. I don't want to do that. I want to have life management. I want this to be about us doing life together and making sure that we're becoming better if the scripture talks about iron sharpens iron, then they're cool. Point number nine, you still with me? You still love me? Point number nine, learn how to manage conflict. <laughs> Told you all we are going to go here tonight. Okay. Learn how to deal with conflict. Here's the truth, guys. I wish I would have known the importance of how to deal with conflict before I ever started dating. And the reason is, is because right now, some of y'all are just in the field. And everything seems like he's perfect, she's perfect. We're a perfect match. Like, nothing is ever, we never argue. Can I tell you something? You're going to fight. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have disappointments. You will, will not see eye to eye once the honeymoon stage ends. Okay? And once you spend a little bit of time together, there's going to be some disagreements. And here's the truth about this. If, if, If relationships grow based on healthy communication, then we need to know what unhealthy communication looks like. He's an author of a book called Crucial Conversations. I would would think it would be important for you to read that book. That book changed my life. And in this book, he talks about the two extremes of unhealthy communication. He calls it silence and violence. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's, let me help you unpack this, okay? On the silent side, which one are you guys, okay? At your worst, okay? I'm not saying every day, okay? But in a real conflict, do you tend to withdraw, okay? Or do you tend to, <laughs> what are the other ones? Um, okay, attack, label, control. Let's break it down together. If you're like, I have no idea what those mean, Okay. On the silent side, masking is somebody says something that hurts your feelings, and you go, I'm fine. It didn't even bother me. I'm not even thinking about it right now. Um, (laughs) Spicy eyes, though, just a little bit. That's masking. Avoiding is more subtle but more extreme. And avoiding is saying, that conversation made me uncomfortable, and it bothered me, and, but I'm not going to confront it. You know, it's okay. I'm, like, they obviously did that on intentional, but I'm fine. Like, I, I don't need to deal with it. But it's cool, though. Like, I'll just change churches. Like, I'll go to a different school. Maybe I'll change my last name. But, like, you know, I don't need to confront it, though, because, like, it, it, was, it wasn't a big deal. Seriously, can you meet with me for, like, a day? <laughs> 
I need to like talk this whole thing out. So that would be avo- um, avoiding. And the last one of this, of the extreme side of silence is this, withdrawing. And this is where people completely cut off relationships. This is where something that was said gets to the point where you no longer can mask it. You no longer avoid the conversation. Now you just withdraw from the person. And this is where people say, and the problem is, this is the bait of Satan. That the enemy wants to give you the trap of offense. That once you have been offended at this level, if you don't know how to deal with conflict, you will completely cut off people. And this is why divorce is so high. Because people don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know how to address it. Because they think that a crucial conversation is a confronting conversation. For all of you who feel like you got off the hook. The other side of it is this. Some of you don't avoid the problem. Some of you over try to solve the issue. And this is where attacking comes in. And what is attacking? Attacking is, is quite a few different things. It's body language. It's like they actually say that like you can tell a lot about the safety of a conversation based on someone's body language. Um, if, if somebody starts withdrawing like this and cro- closing their, their arms crossed, this is amazing. Um, but this tells me I'm safe. I'm safe in my bubble right now. If, if, if someone goes like this and they get up like this and they start pointing fingers at you, right, and their eyebrows come up and they just like this and their chest puffs, puffs out, this is a sign that they are in the attacking stage. This is a sign that when they start raising their voice, when they start using um, language like you always, you never, every time, you know, that, that they don't know how to deal with the conflict, Okay. A more extreme side of this is labeling. Labeling is where you make the problem the person. You always do this. You're just like this because your dad's like this. Are you ever going to figure out how to be in a relationship? You always mess this up. You're such a cheater. You're so stupid. And you you start labeling a person because you don't know how to have the healthiest conversation. And the most extreme side of this is control. And control is when you you know somebody's weaknesses and so you manipulate them. Or you will not let them speak. You cut them off. And you control the conversation. I wasn't done talking. We we giggle, but we all know that these are these are real issues. And the problem relationship, and you will destroy it. Because you, don't, you think it's the other person, but it is you. Thank you, Tristan. You better preach. <laughs> You're awesome. And so this is, this is what James chapter 1, verse 19 says. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. The brother of Jesus, James. I think we have a couple things we can learn from literally the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine the pressure of that? (laughs) Like you want to stay home from school sick, you know, and then Jesus like, bam, you're going to school. Then you're like, Jesus, what the heck? 
Joseph, your dad's like, get in the pool. Jesus starts walking on the water. You're like, dang it, Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus, um, you know, he had a brother, and his brother's name was James. And I think we can learn something from these wise words from James. You know, even non-Christians will quote this scripture, you know, because of the importance of it. Let's look at it again, if you can go back one, one slide. Um, I want you to repeat this verse after me. Ready? Begin. Understand this, my to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to give you my last point. I'm going to invite the band up. And uh, wow, we're doing so good on time. This is amazing. All right. Um, here's my last point. Reconcile with your ex. about this and I'm actually going to put up a verse it's Mark it's out of order I apologize Mark 12 verse 30 and 31 it says this you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul all your mind and all your strength and the second is what equally important love your neighbor as yourself no other commandment is greater than the. When I read this verse, I, I misinterpreted it because I used to think that the most important thing was my relationship with God, and then second was my relationship with people. But Jesus, as he's being confronted by the Pharisees in this time, they tried to trick him and say, what is the most important commandment? And he says this. He says, number one, love the Lord your God, right, with everything in you. And he said the second, or 1A, which is equally as important, is to love yourself. God gave me a revelation about this today, and it was this. God cares as much about your relationships as he does about your relationship with him. It is equally as important that how you end one relationship really does determine how you will step into your next. God cares in fact, he actually says, this is so important that you catch this, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. At the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I didn't understand this verse for the longest time. And I argued with God a lot. And he began to show me, and he said, James, you have to understand this. I care just as much about your grievances as I do your giftings that you want to present to me. But you have things that you haven't resolved with other relationships and other people. You need to go and make that right. That matters to me. Do you not remember my greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God, but also love others. He said they are equally as important but I always would put God first before people. But loving God is serving people. And, and if we are going to be in future relationships, people, and you are going to present that relationship as an offering, as a sacrifice, then you have to know that however you ended your last relationship, whatever your track record looks like, 
you might have to go make some rights. You might have to send some text messages or emails. You might have to write a letter and just say, hey, I didn't handle this right. Like, I didn't really know to you. I might've labeled you. I might've controlled you. I might've said some things that were outside of my character, but I just want you to know, like, I'm so sorry if I ever hurt you. And you need to do that because Jesus expects it of you. If you ever wanna present a future relationship as an offering to the Lord, God says, you need to lay your offering down first. Go and reconcile with your brothers and sisters. And that verse, I used to think it only applied to lead thought of it through the lens of relationships until God spoke to me today and he was like, look at this verse. Do you not see the importance that when people don't handle their past relationships well, they step into their next one with all kinds of junk, all kinds of hurt. And they start manipulating people. They start asking for their passwords into their social media accounts because they don't trust you, but you never did anything wrong. It's because of the hurt of a previous relationship that they are dragging into this one. And because they never reconciled in the past one, all this hurt is coming into their future relationship. A lot of relationships don't work. And the reason is, it's not because you are a problem. It's not because you're a failure or something is wrong with you. The problem a lot of times with relationships don't work is you started dating into a mess. You didn't create the mess. There are problems that people have that they drag with them. And I feel like we're supposed to make it right and I, I don't know, um, I guess the most applicable way to do this is if you feel the prompting of the Lord and you still have that person's contact information that you didn't handle it well, I want you to give yourself 24 hours to send that text message or write that Facebook post or that no one uses Facebook or that Instagram post. You need to, you need to make it right. You need to make it right. God expects this of you. How can you say that you're a follower of Jesus, right? If we are just going to mess up relationships, Jesus actually, well, it actually talks about, it's the words of the Holy Spirit written by someone in the New Testament, but he talks about that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, meaning God is entrusted with us to make things right with our brothers and sisters, to hold on to the imprisonment of bitterness, and unforgiveness. Let's pray.